0: Hey all you Rad Dads out there. Hey all you Rad Dads, it's Christian here with another episode of the Rad Dads show. This episode features Chris Hanna of Propagandy. This one is super special to me. It was such an honor to, to talk to Chris. We actually talked twice, so one time after a show in Calgary, um... You know after a few beers uh we thought we could do better we hooked up over the phone and so that's what you're hearing kind of the, the the melding of those two propaganda is such a huge influence in my life in terms of shaping my worldview, introducing me to kind of concepts that um you know i was aware of but kind of delved more into because of what they, they sang and always curious as to what uh, Chris's view was about being a, a parent and, and more specifically being a dad. So, you know, we, we talk a lot of uh, a lot of things. So one, you know, the lessons learned in sports, uh, navigating the messages in popular culture with our kids and watching our kids become individuals. Uh, so that's what you look forward to hearing. Grab yourself a Bud Light Lime, find your comfy lounge chair, and enjoy. Right, uh,
1: let's get down to it. So, um, you know, I've already given you kind of the this, this spiel what Rad Dads is about. It's really just about uh, providing a, a positive community-type experience to, to dads, moms, and, and kids by various events and things that we do and, um, you know, try to, I guess, uh, use that word empower dads to get involved. And things that I like to do, you know, like punk music and and, and beer drinking. Not that we uh, have drinking beer, but uh, that sort of thing, and then just kind of hanging out with like-minded dads. You know, it's uh, I do the sports thing as well, but I also find that dads definitely um, really aren't into sports. Kind of have different interests, and that's kind of me too. So the the reason I kind of give that spiel is because I've I've found over you know asking these these questions I tend to ask the same sort of questions for most people the most of the guests on the, sh- the show um and I always ask the question um you know do you consider yourself a rad dad and I've I've found that people have a different um definition in in their brains uh which is different than mine so mine is coming from the, that positive kind of aspect being involved and so when I ask that question you you could. Take it how you want. I guess.
2: Right. Yeah, well, I probably have a similar definition of of, of that term. I, I don't identify myself. I I think it's something uh, I would have to leave for my kids to um, confirm or deny. And I think I have that kind of hesitation just because I've seen um, enough people in my life um, playing themselves off as a as. As a uh, good father figure, and they haven't been. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm just really care. I think I think it's up to the, the the child in the dynamic, or the children in the dynamic to to define it. That's just because of what I've seen. Like I haven't. I don't have anything against anybody identifying as such. You know. But uh, I just. Uh, I guess I have a little side eye to a lot of a lot of dads. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I get it too, but uh, it, it's meant to be, uh, you know, you know, you say, identify and, and a lot of people have said that, you know, ask my kids when they're 30, if yeah. I was, yeah. right. And of course, yeah, exactly. but it's, but it's also too taking some time to recognize that, you know, what, I'm doing a good job and, and I don't know you personally, but it seems that you're involved with, you know, your kids in terms of you know, hockey, you know, see some stuff online and stuff like that. And so I, I'd like to think that, Yeah. Your rad dad, but we'll see. yeah,
2: okay, I'd, lo- I'd <laughs> love to think that too, but I'd, um, <laughs> there you go. You know, like you say, you never know until they're a little older. Yeah, you bet.
1: Okay, so uh, just kind of the uh, uh, let's uh, get started. Uh, so, welcome to the rad dad. So, who are you?
2: I'm Chris. I'm my name is Chris. I live in Winnipeg and I play in a band called Propaganda. That's how most people, I think, know me.
1: And your dad?
2: I'm a I am a dad of. Uh, Two kids, yeah, uh, a ten-year-old and
3: and you're a dad. I'm a double dad, yeah, double dad. I like well, that. Well, two kids, double, J- double dad.
0: Uh, names, kids, ages.
3: Uh, Francis and
0: Charlie, ten and six. Ten and six, yeah. two boys. Yeah, two boys. Yeah, uh, madness.
3: It is madness. Yeah, yeah I a, have. It's a beautiful madness, though. Yeah, uh, I, I, I get. I get. So
2: far, they identify as boys, and uh, and they are really funny couple of little fuckers <laughs> maniacs yeah especially the younger one yeah in, in what way um, in story? Just, i mean it's just non-stop and there's not really a story he's just he's non-stop um full on uh mayhem and non-stop talking and singing and yelling and it's it's partly incredibly entertaining, but in a 800 square foot house, it's also sometimes uh, challenging <laughs> for everybody else.
1: I get that. I have a small house too, by about 850 square feet. There's there's four of us and uh, yeah. two uh, girlfriend and, and and her son. So he's 11, and my son's just turning eight here in December. And I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So I'll ask that question. Do you consider yourself a rad dad?
2: No. Again, I would. I just. I can't. I. I have to leave it up to the kids. I got they're. They'll tell me. Like he's. Like whoever else was saying to you. I'll tell you what. I, when they're thirty, and they give me some feedback. Like um, we have fun. I try to be involved in the things they do, but. Um. um I. You know. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm. Necessarily cut out for this naturally, uh, so we'll we'll just see. I can do my best, but but I, I no, I can't. I can't make that claim.
1: Always Expand be. on that. You say say you're not really cut out for it naturally. Like what?
2: Uh, it was never. It wasn't something I was ever interested in doing. Like it just happened, and I had real reservations when it became apparent ten years ago that. This was going to happen, and uh, um, trying to be, trying to have time and space for himself, and not to be um, around other humans as much as possible. And uh, now it's like twenty four seven, right? (laughs) So, you know, it's it's been a a real challenge. Um, But I've because I've seen. Um, in our own family dynamic, I've seen deadbeat dads and the effect it's had on, on the kids that I did I don't want to be that. And so I do my best to like, to push through and I have, and, and here I am now.
1: Right. So like, what, what were the reservations? Just the fact that you, you like a long time
2: and. I, I yeah I didn't I had no I I just I knew what it, I knew what it takes you know my my sister was a single parent and I knew what it takes to be to do parenting and it and it's, it is can be all consuming um and I didn't I didn't want that 10 years ago and I also uh knew on the other hand that I would become um as parents do, become um, irreparably attached and invested in, in these little people that uh, have to face this world that has been they've been born into, and you know my my heart was breaking preemptively for these kids, and so it was just wasn't something I just didn't see I didn't see a lot of positives at the time. You know now obviously I can see I can see. Um, I can see the positives, especially for someone like me who became more involved in my neighborhood because of the kids. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but back then, I, I just wanted to be a part of it. I kind of wish the whole thing would go away, but obviously, it didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so they don't. Uh, maybe when they're you older, even then, I think they'll will be be around. So you you said you, you kind of find it difficult. Is there something, or how do you deal with that? Like, is it uh, being involved in the community and seeing the positive, or is it hanging yeah. out with other dads and just like you know?
2: No, no, it's it's uh it's just being involved in like the seeing. Just just being involved in the neighborhood and seeing how you know a sense of community um really becomes enhanced by being forced into the neighborhood because you have these kids that are integrating with other other kids at the community center or the school or at the rink and um just seeing how it lifts up the whole neighborhood um, you know prior to that, my community was elsewhere. In when it i would leave my neighborhood to be part of uh you know a music community or this, or some sort of activist community and now my priority is what's happening in our own neighborhood um and and i see a real value in that and it it kind of uh makes me regret the years before my kids not not seeing that, you know, not helping out at the community center at uh, you know, for the the Jackrabbit's kids skating program. You know, even without kids yeah. I should have been there. Things that I do now that I just you know just did not occur to me before I had kids. But um so yeah, for me it just feels you know, I just love it when uh you know, there's a blizzard before the outdoor ice outdoor hockey tournament. And the company that was hired to clear the ice is not going to come and clear the ice. And then the neighborhood, it's like a barn. The whole neighborhood just comes out with shovels and gets to work at 6 in the morning and uh, and gets it done. And there's a real sense of, obviously, community there and what, what you get to accomplish without um, third parties. And okay, there's a metaphor in there for larger, larger like society.
3: When they when they became old enough to have interests outside of the house, outside of our family, is where suddenly I kind of started to uh, get out of my comfort zone and be challenged, and and then started to be valuable for my community where I don't think I had been valuable to my neighborhood. Necessarily for a long time but for the you know the entire time that I lived there until Until me and the kids got out and then suddenly you're you're coaching hockey teams and soccer teams and You know the floor hockey at the community center just you know and suddenly suddenly there's this you see the I like I I sometimes now uh, like the local rink in the community, I, I can't believe I've lived in the year in in the neighborhood for 20 years, and I wasn't volu- like even before kids. I can't believe I wasn't volunteering to help the kids, even when I didn't have kids. It, sh- it blows my mind now. Like and so, I I think the most rewarding thing is 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 the sense of community I've gotten from from having kids and and me being part of the neighborhood instead of being this isolated non-entity in the neighborhood you know? Oh I get it Like, yeah. and I, I guess maybe that's
0: kind of like the rad dad thing like I just use it as a like a ruse to like get involved <laughs> in like the community and the fact that yeah so it's like okay let's go to the rink and like organize the, the game or like yeah. so but, I use but, it as but, a way to organize things that I want to happen in the community and I want to involve my kid.
3: Yeah if, if I could go back in time before i had kids like when i was like 28 and moved in, into the neighborhood i would i would i'd would just i'd go to community center and volunteer for every coaching position and like, like for you to say that like actually kind of like blows my
0: mind the fact that like propaganda being like this political band who i guess like all their songs have been like yo fuck the system or like in order to make change you got to do this and you haven't done that is that? Would you like agree with that, or like maybe I'm? Well, not I, I mean, interpreting I, mean well, I had a different t- community
3: before. Before kids, the community was, like, was, you know, in Winnipeg, especially it was like downtown in, in uh, Old Market Square and the A Zone. We had this. We had a community of people who were politically active. It wasn't I mean it, it was like kid friendly in a way, but it, oh, okay. it, that, that didn't really make sense. It didn't really affect me in that yeah. way yeah so i had a community and I, and we did stuff but i i didn't really do stuff in the actual neighborhood where i lived i just uh, lived somewhere yeah. and then went somewhere to be part of the community right. now it's like this is my fucking community and i'm gonna protect it and we're gonna make it better and i'm not good at everything but i'm gonna i'm gonna step up you know, you're like, going volunteer. i you know? here. Yeah. I'll but go. Like, I'll do the big go. Yeah, like <laughs> I said, I just wish I had of. I wish I had a, had a se- had a sense of that before I had kids, so I could have been useful prior to having kids. Like I just think, I think it's. You don't have to have a kid. To but, but to like, be, what is it about that having a kid that you change? Well, you you. You're you're just pulled in. You're pulled into that world. But, you know, like you you're able to there's there's a lot of worlds you're able to avoid when you don't have kids. You don't really like if you don't if you don't have I don't think I think if you don't have consistent contact with children you don't understand how the world works. Like you you can be you can be like fucking super political person whatever but if you don't if you don't interact with children who are the true underclass of society you won't really understand how things work you'll just have ideas about how things work you know and ideas about how what people go through and um what am i trying to say there maybe that was it i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> like so okay i want to i want to pack that a little bit how do you like so you said you don't understand how things work so how would you say now that having kids and being part of that and being pulled into that, do you have a concept of how things work now? How do well, they work?
3: Well, I mean, I mean, I guess I mean it's easy to, at least living in Winnipeg, um, like my kid, we live in sort of central Winnipeg and and my kids started out at daycares, like, in neighborhoods where the times are very tough for people. And, and, and you get to see what it's, what, you get a real first-hand look at what single parenting, for example, in the core area of, of, a, of a pretty troubled city is like. Like, it's not it's not this idea on paper you're like you're seeing it and living it and you see the kids and the dynamics between them and their the people around them I don't know what I'm trying to say I guess I guess just things become a lot more real or things became a lot more or I just shifted I think some I guess something shifted for me uh, when I started to see the world through children's eyes you know and, you know, it, it, it's not like I hadn't had any kids in my life right. prior to my kids, but I, you're it's really... It's different
0: when they're your own, and yeah, you're Im- yeah, immersed you're suddenly, in that, right? You're you immersed all of a yeah. sudden,
3: and then you... It's just a different way of seeing the world, because you can ignore it otherwise.
2: In the activist community I was involved in were... They were, they were, they were not they were child-friendly, um, and just not interested. Everything actually needed... Children and anybody over the age of 40 or 50, like, were irrelevant, you know, in many ways. So um, I like that that's no longer the case, uh, that everybody's included, and, you know, they're really sort of, they had a narrow focus, you know, the music scene was, uh kind of a certain demographic with very specific interests and, and it just, it's not as, you know, I like music and everything, but it's not as meaningful to me as, as, as what happens in the uh, real community anymore.
1: Right. I, I get that too. I also like, I guess one of the um, ideas behind Rad Dads is to bring some of that stuff that isn't maybe regarded as child friendly into, like, I guess my community or our community. Like, so I tried to build that with that. Like, you know, like I mentioned with the All Ages show, like Mm. it was an All Ages show with toddlers and we provided hearing protection and we, you know, that sort of thing. Like, I won't, because I love music so much and I agree with you, the fact that, well, even I see that now, like I grew up, well, I'm 40, turning 42. I I started my going to like first shows when I was 12 in Edmonton. And there was a ton of all ages shows, and there isn't anymore really. Mm-hmm. And I got so much out of that, going to those and having those experiences. And then the fact that there isn't that anymore, I want my son to 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 experience that, and him being being younger even. So, right. yeah, it's uh, I I like yeah your answer about being involved in that community. I, I get a lot out of being the the coach of my son's son's team. Uh, and things like that, as you probably do as well. Would you, yeah. would you say that there's uh are you involved? Like, are you a coach?
2: Huh? Yeah. I assist on his, uh, on my older kids, um, Adam team He plays on an A2 team, A2 team this year. And uh, I volunteer as a coach at uh, the Jackrabbits program. I'm not sure what they would call it in your province. It's sort of like, yeah, I guess they call it ten bits across Canada. Bits. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just go out there and help the, the little ones try to develop some fundamentals on the outdoor ice. So yeah, and I and it I really do find that uh, rewarding. I think for the older kid, um, it's I do have a few. I I notice a few things like uh, getting too frustrated with him specifically when watching gameplay unfold. Which I think is a pretty typical parent reaction for their own kid. Um, but Not once I get middle, that under- up the middle, up the boards, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once I get that under control, we're going to be golden. So,
1: what what is uh, what do you find like the value in sports? Is that another community thing that you want your kids? Like, why do you have your kids in in in, in sports?
2: And uh, well, I guess I guess primarily, you know, in, in Winnipeg and obviously in Edmonton too, like. If you don't find something to do outside in the winter, you are in big fucking trouble, like something that you like to do. Um, So for me, obviously, with a little bit of hockey experience, in my past it, it just makes sense to see if the kids We I, mean, I didn't push them that way eventually they just became what
0: do you think kids get out of that sport because I, I agree I've never been able to put it into words because I, I played hockey like when I was younger yeah. and then I stopped and I went into like competitive skiing yeah. and then I was, I was into skateboarding and then like people like See skateboarding as an individual sport, but but I thought there was always a community in the fact that if you look at skateboard videos and like skateboard things that happen with like big contests, like there's that community, but it's like an individual thing. So you kind of talked about that jock kind of perspective, like what is it? Is it like the fact that there was a a camaraderie there that people need or kids um, need or? Well,
3: I I mean, um, it teaches you to achieve an objective working with other people. Okay. Uh, it teaches you resilience in the face of failure at achieving that objective. Um, if again, this is all this is all if it's run yeah, properly yeah, by, by okay. the elders in the community, right. which is like my idea of the community is the elders teach the young ones properly. Like they don't. It's not just about hockey culture and and creating products for corporate hockey system. It's it's more about the neighborhood. You know, like it really is more about the neighborhood and 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 the lessons you learn from it you also learn how to you learn how to you learn competition in a regulated consensual environment Uh, and you learn about aggression and violence within a regulated consensual system where you can those are the key terms like because the violence and aggression is regulated and is consensual, and it teaches you that when, you, when it's not regulated or consensual, it's antisocial. So um, I think that's an important life lesson: how to how to regulate yourselves. And uh, I, I don't know. I at the moment, you know, having four beers after a show. I <laughs> Is that like kind of like to
0: achieve a goal too? Is that like the same? Almost like can like analogous to like being in a band? Like you come together to produce this. Yeah, or or or, that, or a, or a movement.
3: Like what? Like, um, if in a political movement, what do you want to do? You want to work together to achieve a goal. You want to have resilience in the face of failure. You you want to, you know, like you you don't want to just fold when things go wrong um and that that can all come from i think a lot of those lessons can be taught through sport and uh and kids love sport like what do they like they like to do that so yeah. you know it's 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 the natural tendency of of a lot of kids you know so is
0: that like a human tendency you think? i yeah,
3: yeah yeah i think so and i not, know, not I've never everybody thought lo- about that, not I everybody thought loves sports, that question. But, but um I, my I, my kids never didn't really show any interest they're not really sporty kids yeah. No. But they just love it because the sports they've been engaged with so far have been run, you know, in the spirit of, of that kind of thing, you know, like in the spirit of the community. Blocks, so five like blocks from the
2: community rink. So um they got they got right into it. Um but I think, I mean, one another value in in most sports is just integrating with other kids in your neighborhood obviously and uh and in my opinion Um, learning to try to, uh, achieve an objective as a team is, is an important lesson and important practice in this life and, uh, seeing parents involved in the process, you know, being on the ice is also, you know, an important thing. You know, my dad didn't, uh, he wasn't involved too much in sports with me when I was a kid. And I think it left a, it was a big blank spot in my youth. Um, so that's, it's important to me on that level. I think learning how to, to win and to lose as a team, uh, is important. And I think for me, um, learning how to be competitive and even aggressive in a consensual and regulated environment uh is really important um because i mean people learn how to temper their behavior um if they're in a program that teaches regulated consensual aggression and quote unquote violence you know you, it becomes um it can be it can satisfy you know some primal urges without be antisocial. So, uh, to me, as somebody who, who I value that personally, not everyone in our neighborhood has to value that. Um, but I think it's a good spot uh, to teach kids, you know, the, the line between aggression and antisocial violence. Um, yeah, I guess that's those are the things that come to mind for me. Okay. And so you mentioned kind of my
1: lessons and stuff. So what are some other important lessons do you, do, do you want to kind of instill in, in your your kids?
2: Outside of sports, you mean, or, or Yeah, yeah,
1: outside. Just this in general, kind of like, you know, I kind of piggyback this question with, you know, what does the, the dinner table conversation kind of look like, you know, with with in terms of like teaching your your, your kids certain lessons? Like is it, you know, you already talked about the community and being part of it. You've come from an activist. Obviously, propaganda is, you know, is, is, is known as being very political, um, and stuff. So what does that look like in terms of being a dad now and, and your kids? Do you have those conversations about what is right and wrong and
2: um, being generally, I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty generally, like I'm, I, I, I find it difficult trying to convey, um, some ideas to kids in a, in a way that actually, um, makes sense I I think like in this world of Donald Trump's and Don Cherry's there are some overarching values that we do try to express like last Saturday for example Um, my older my 10 year old and I were watching Hockey Night in Canada and Coach's Corner came on and Don Cherry said the now this thing um, scapegoating immigrants for not uh, revering the military or whatever and 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 I just lost my mind and just um, went on a tirade to my older son, like, you know, like this guy is full of shit. Do not listen to this idiot. And, uh, and I, at the, at the time I didn't do a great job. I was just so angry <laughs> about what I was hearing. And he was kind of like, whoa, because uh, he didn't really understand what he was, what Don Cherry had actually said. Right. Um, because he didn't use the word immigrant. It was obvious to everybody else who's had a, a little longer time on this planet to know exactly what he was saying. And in the fallout of that, which was incredible that it actually transpired that he lost his job. Um, when my older son came home that day and, and I told him, Hey man, Don Cherry, remember that thing I was angry about? He got fired for that. And his face lit up and he started calling his hockey friends, uh, you know, excited like Don Cherry got fired because he was saying like anti-immigrant stuff. Well, you know, and he was, and the kids were, they were excited because because well, it was first of all the point of reference for their hockey world, but also because they they have different values now than when I grew up, mm-hmm. um, in that they, well, I mean the parents of the kids I know, nobody fucking supports Donald Trump. Like not in our neighborhood, not in our you know, not in downtown Winnipeg. And um and people are getting sick and tired of, of the Don Cherry shtick, you know this this fucking Doug Ford, Don Cherry, Donald Trump, uh Andrew Scheer, all this Jason <laughs> Kenney, like there, obviously we lived in we we're living in very polarized times and there's a lot of people that are on that side, but there's a lot of people who are fucking sick and tired of it. And I see a younger generation coming up. And I was just I was surprised and overjoyed to to see my son you know calling up his hockey friends and them kind of reveling in the changing of the guard here like this guy is gone.
1: Right. So, so it was a, a proud moment like you're like
2: uh, doing a good maybe job. I, <laughs> may, maybe like I um I was impressed at least I was impressed with him. I didn't feel too much about myself. I felt more impressed by the kids how do
0: you integrate pro-feminist thinking into your role as a father
3: Uh, especially with boys it's it's really collaborative in our house like my partner is so active and smart and and uh, and is an educator about like that was her job was she she worked for a community health clinic uh, where they would go into schools and talk to kids about relationships and diversity so she's just, she's a master of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of take her lead, but, um, I guess we just, we nip it in the bud, you know, we always have, like, if there's any weird thoughts or, or, uh, weird popular culture that's, like oh, actually, what would you
0: define as weird, like, popular culture? Well, I, giving just, just
3: this morning. Was it this morning? Yesterday morning. Uh, there's a book called Nate the Nate the Great Nate or something. Nate the Great. yeah. And and my partner was talking about like, you know, I'm not, I don't know about these fucking books. There's like, the way they depict all the the teachers as these ugly, stupid women. Like, it, it, you kind of have to look at the books. Like I'm sure. No, that
0: that's the same with uh, the uh, pants. What's like?
3: Oh yeah, under Captain Underpants. Captain like, Underpants. Yeah, it's like it's cheap and and it's. It's almost like these old school ideas, like old school tropes, like for a cheap laugh, about uh, yeah, where it's like the women get thrown under the bus, and and that stuff. My kids are really good, actually, about critiquing, reading things, things with like in a sort of a critical eye, at, at at least at the age they're at. Yeah. You know, and they're they're not hateful, contemptuous children by nature. So, um, it's not that hard with them, but yeah, it's more like just all the messages and popular. We don't have, we don't watch TV. We don't have a TV. Never have had a like television in our house. Like we, um, there's like computer screens for select, you know, nature of things or yeah, you know, hockey uh, games or hockey games <laughs> or uh, like cooking shows that Helena watches, but. Um, that is, I think, has probably really helped them not develop, like not watching commercials, first of all, and not watching sitcoms and just all the stuff a lot of their friends watch has helped them not really kind of ingrain some some of those things. Like yeah. it, like we can be like, we can say, well, you're Nate the Great Book. What do you think of this? And they'll be like, yeah, I don't know. That seems kind of now that you mention it it does seem down that they're throwing women under the bus you know like it's amazing are, are, it's you, am- are
0: you like conscious of that like do you like look at the book and like oh, I, I want my son like kid to read it and then like kind of question them like are you like, like yeah, okay. I've been like kind like of- we don't micromanage oh okay but
3: but if, some, if something does you know like I get I guess I guess in the course of If we're browsing through one of the older kids, because we don't read to the older kid anymore, obviously. Right. So we have to kind of like just see what's going on there to find out if something's stupid. But if I watch a movie with them and it'd be like, well, we just watched, um, what would we have watched? Oh, Temple of Doom. Right. Well, Francis, that was an amazing movie, but what did you think about the depiction of of, uh, Indian culture in that movie? You know, any. I don't know. It, was, it seemed kind of silly, like they're you know making fun of uh, people from India in a way, yeah. you know, and you know so we'll debrief about oh, obvious okay. stupid tropes right. and while not throwing the entire thing under the bus, yeah, you know like letting them enjoy. The, something, something yeah, the, the experience, do, but <laughs> then but then kind of Think processing about it. it, you know, and through. 2019 eyes instead of
1: 1984 eyes. Did you you kind of talked a little bit about this? Did you have any fears about becoming a dad? What were were, were some? What (laughs) are the main? Like, do you still have those fears?
2: Yeah, like yeah, being um, being incompetent uh, as a parent, you know, or being um, just feeling not confident um, because, like any. Any dynamic where you have um, people being around each other twenty four seven in an enclosed area, um, this this whole nuclear family thing, which is 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 a mistake, is a mistake of civilization. We're meant to live in larger communities, in my opinion, um, where people are not families aren't isolated into these little units you know, and where the community takes care of the children. It's like, I'm I'm not just a parent of my biological child. I'm a parent of every kid in my community, you know? So it sort of takes the heat off of um, individuals to do all the work and to make all the mistakes. Uh, so, I mean, obviously we all live in that society here in downtown Winnipeg, where, you know, we all live in our individual cells mm-hmm. and we try to manage these things uh entirely on our own or or as like sometimes units of two and you tag team to try to not fuck up as much as you would otherwise but um that's, that's always all. on my mind and and just my personality dude. you know I'm a I'm an isolationist introvert. Are you cognizant of that? You, you know, like,
1: hey, I gotta, do you have to like work yourself out up to be like, Okay, I'm going to go into yep. the, the game today and like you know, there's gonna be people there. I don't really want to talk to people but I'm gonna do it for my kids. Is that yep.
2: kind of what it goes Yeah, for you know? sure. I do. I do have to work myself up. Like in today, for example, I have to talk to a parent who has some issues with either coaching or managerial things that are happening on the team. And it just you know, I d- dread that. But yeah. uh but I gotta do it um because I'm on the coaching staff. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a double edged sword.
1: What's the most rewarding aspect of being a dad? Is
2: I, don't there a know,
1: season, I don't know about the me- feeling you get that you never had before. Like some people answered you know that you know I have answered this question with you know that first moment. Where they like held their child, it was just like that—that uh, love that you can't describe—is
2: that would that be? No, <laughs> okay. no, I no that didn't that didn't happen for me. Um, yeah, the, you know, I just felt sort of anxiety and terror. You know, holding my kid for the first time. Um, I was I was terrified
1: too. I was like uh, like I. I remember when it happened? I was scared. I, I like begged my brother to come home with me after the hospital. Yeah, like, to be there because yeah. like, you kind of mentioned about the community and support. It was yeah, yeah. Like at the time, my 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 son's mom and I and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I never yeah. had, you know, babies in my life. I didn't know how to change a diaper. I remember they said, okay, you can go home. Go get the the car seat. And I went down and I couldn't get the car seat out. Like, it, you know, it click in. I never, yeah. it was my, you know, my ex or Kingston's mom, she put it in her car. And and uh, I brought the whole thing up and they, the nurses just looked at me like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I know what you mean. So So I don't know. i got go, going to back to that. But what are, can you answer that question? Is there something? Well, I, I, nice?
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm to come touch you already kind of touched on something might not be the maybe maybe the most interesting thing is just watching the kids kind of what's the word uh individuate um sort of just becoming becoming their own person um developing their own interests almost despite you not in spite but dis- despite despite their the environment or what what happens in your house and um I think that's the most interesting thing is to, you know, they're not, they're not mini versions of me, you know, or my partner. They're, nice. they're their own people. And, uh, that's fascinating to watch it unfold.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Do you, uh, like in terms of music and, and stuff like that, do you, do they have similar tastes too?
2: In, in uh, my old. My older son is really interested in, uh, heavy music. Um, like he's really into Judas Priest and is interested in some of the, he gets, uh, like really like him and Annie's younger brother are really into Twisted Sister right now, (laughs) which is funny. Um, and he gets a real kick out of, uh, I play him some of the more extreme bands, like I play him Drop Dad or. Or whatever, and he's just like he actually is. He can't believe how fast some bands play, and he just gets a real kick out of it. Um, but he's he's definitely seems to be a bit of a metalhead, which is, I mean, I love that. So
1: <laughs> my son's the other opposite. I try, you know, I try to bring him to, to punk shows. I listen to it in the car all the time, but he's really into like One Direction, Charlie, oh Lane, yeah, Shawn Mendes, and stuff like. That. Father's Day I took him to Sean Mendez concert. Okay, cool. uh, not definitely not my t- cup of tea but uh, yeah I agree I love that that aspect. One of the things that I found I guess interesting slash rewarding is uh, my son learning to read. And that was oh yeah, yeah it just blew me away. You know, I'm a school teacher and but I teach high school kids science and uh for an elementary teacher to teach these young beings to to read just amazes me. I don't
2: know how you feel feel yeah, about that. It's kind know. of crazy how fast it happened too, like uh, right. from yeah. not reading to suddenly being able to read without you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do
1: you think uh, you kind of talked about the isolationist kind of nuclear family kind of idea? You know, in a community, want you know, should 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 that's not the word, but I guess it would be beneficial if you know a larger community to raise them. So, what do you feel about you know moms and dads and having different roles? Do you think they serve different purposes in raising kids?
2: Uh, it depends on the people. Um, I mean, every uh, every parenting situation is different. Every personality is different. Um, in our society, obviously, um, there's usually Certain modes of of uh teamwork that are typical, but i I don't think any of them are necessarily um, necessitated by the parents' gender uh, you know it's it's really up to the whatever works you know right
1: would you like how how would you um, answer a question with you when know, you talk about you know not necessarily gender, but do you feel that's like a biological aspect that you know mothers are more nurturing and and fathers aren't? Or, like would you say that's just bullshit? Um,
2: well, in, in our society, that, in our society, that that I mean, that is sort of what happens, um, but it doesn't have to be that way.
0: How do you deal with being on the road away from your kids?
3: Uh well we, we don't we're not really on the road very much so we just pick and choose tours and and um, just, just a matter
0: to, of time management kind of thing
3: yeah and like, like everybody kind of doesn't want to like we're not road dog kind of band never have been and we all like to just like even from a like a exertion sense we don't want to be out for more than two weeks at a time because you you get at this age you know it's like wear and tear and uh, and I don't think anybody in the band loves music industry culture <laughs> so being immersed in that for more than two weeks is like, is it up yeah it, fuck, uh, that. fuck that
1: How do you feel about technology and kids? Uh, um, in terms of screen time do you, do you do you, you get your place an iPad to, to play
2: with? Is that limited? Yeah, they don't have their own devices. Most a lot of their friends have devices, but they have a certain amount of screen time per week, and we've kind of stuck to that. We're, we're not like I'm not tyrants about it, but I definitely <laughs> i am not a fan. It. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan of... Um, social media like I think it's that is definitely one thing that has that is worse than when I was a kid is the advent of uh, social media
1: just in terms of, of the pressure and what they
2: feel yeah in terms of how kids um are going to relate to each other and communicate with each other um just uh, my partner's work in community health and uh, I guess their stats now that kids are are less – they do a lot of their socializing online uh, compared to when we were kids. So they're not going out. And in some ways, they're not getting in as much trouble. Like they're not – kids are actually um, drinking less than they were when we were kids apparently. Um, And they're also having uh, less sex. Than when we were kids because everyone's online by themselves, you know. <laughs> yeah. And but and I don't know how I feel about that, you know. I'm not, not sure that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I struggle with that
1: too. I, I, you know, every after every weekend, I'll ask my students, you know, again, I teach mainly high school kids, you know, what did you do this weekend? Nothing. Did you go out? No, did you hang out with your friends? No, I don't like they don't do that,
2: they, don't just no, hang they, out. they, they see their friends during a fortnight game yeah. or something. I would almost rather than a kid coming home drunk uh, from a party where they may or may not have had sex with somebody um, than just sitting on a computer playing Fortnite.
0: Describe the relationship with your dad.
3: Uh, well, he's dead.
0: So is mine. So there's not much.
3: <laughs> um, I mean, he was, he was important, did, but he...
0: Was- I'll add to that. And did the relationship that you had with your dad influenced the way you are with your kids?
3: Yeah, like my dad never had time to play with me, never had, he didn't have the background to be able to teach me about things that I was either interested in or were important to my childhood, like sports, you know, so, uh, which, and sports, I think, um, like whatever people think of jocks or whatever, like I think sports are separate from all that it's 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 a community building exercise and a life lesson exercise if you do it right so to me uh, being able to navigate youth sports uh, as a kid it's really important it's really important to me um, and and just being able Being able to actually, my dad was was unable time wise to play with me, um, or to or to guide me in any of that stuff. You know, he just there was no time. He was busting his ass trying to make things work for the family, and um, I have more time, and and I like I I'm committed to like. If the kid ever wants to do anything, any like I will drop whatever I'm doing, if possible, and play with them and show them how to do something, and coach them, um, because I, I just wish I had a had that, you know, like I, I was kind of envious of other kids that everybody had a leg up because their dads taught them how to play hockey or whatever. My dad, oh, was like, it. I've never <laughs> skated in my life. I don't know, you know. But, I mean, but, that, you, but you're a
0: ripper at the beer leagues, I heard. So No, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not, but, I, I'm not, but I, have, I know
3: enough to teach a nine-year-old, you know. Yeah. That's going to, pretty soon, I'll have nothing to teach him because I never advanced past the age of a
1: fourteen. Hey, dad joke. You yeah, have one. Do I have one? Yeah, joke? you told one last time, so I don't know if you what? want to use the same one. What was, yeah,
2: yeah. what was the joke last time?
1: The rover one.
3: Oh, that one. Use that one.
1: <laughs> okay I can, I could use that one
3: well uh, my kids love I, I don't know if this is a dad joke but the the joke about the the, the guy who is goes to uh, this girl's house he's really nervous because the dad is um her her dad this woman's dad is is uh, a real stickler and doesn't like um, these guys coming around courting his daughter, and, and you know this one about he, no, and huh? he has to, he has to fart. No, no. <laughs> and well, he he's sitting in a chair and he's like, oh my god, I have to fart. Her dad's gonna fucking hate me, and he farts. He farts. Oh fuck! And the and the dad's like, Rover. He said, oh, he thought it was he thought it was the dog. Oh, <laughs> whew, that was good. Maybe I'll try another one. <laughs> Rover. Oh, thank God. This is great. He thinks it's the dog farting. I'm gonna just let let one more go. (laughs) Rover, get away from that guy before he shits on you. (laughs) That's
0: the one my kids love. That's a good one. Uh, On the like the animal front, we've been talking about doing dad jokes between our sets. So, uh, what do you call a pile of cats? A pile of cats? Mountain. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> wow now that's a dad joke <laughs> that's a dad joke there we go here's uh what we call the rad dad bad dad feature can you it's kind of comical in this sense can you describe a parent fail a what parent fail a parent fail and a parent success so when were you a, a rad dad and when were you a bad dad
3: oh um is there a moment that, you know, like Oh, well, oh I ba- fucked out there. Well, the, yeah, uh, the, the, I mean, all the time. You know, like <laughs> lose, losing my temper.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, uh, some of these questions, I think, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I, like, if I answer them myself.
3: Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it's two sides of the same coin. Like, losing my temper about something unnecessarily um, is the bad part. But then, um, in our household, being able to... To cool off and go to the kid and say like, "I fucked up. I'm sorry. I, that shouldn't have happened." Yeah. You know, and then they were like, "Oh," because I when I was a kid, I never had a parent come and say sorry about what I did. <laughs> uh, I you totally know? get it. You know, so uh, <laughs> I guess I guess that
0: is th- <laughs> that, that like reaffirms all like yeah. I was like, I remember like oh, I got so mad at my son. I was like, I was like, why did I fucking get so mad at him? And yeah. I like went to him. He's like, "That's okay, Dad. That's life." Yeah, yeah. And he's like five. Yeah. I was like, and, that, and they, and and they learn they from that that it's, it's
3: okay to apologize. Right. You know, it's okay to, like, because I never saw, when I was a kid, I never saw um, an adult apologize to a kid. You know, it was just like, shit happened and that happened. You know, so, they don't.
0: <laughs> okay, last question here. Any fatherly words of wisdom to any rad dads or any new dads out there listening to this?
3: Uh,
0: probably not.
3: Um... I don't know. I, I don't know if I have words of wisdom yet. Yeah. I might have to wait a few more years of parenting to come up with something wise. Maybe. Maybe not. That's all good. Just, just fuck. Be there with your kids if you
0: can. Yep. Yeah. That's a common theme. Everyone's yeah. kind of said that. <laughs> I think it's pretty universal in that sense. Yeah, just yeah. be there. Cool. Thanks yeah. so much for your time, Chris. Yeah. I mean. Appreciate it.
3: I hope that was all right. I had a whiskey and drank a few no, drinks I played a show too. So we'll I'm a, how...
0: I, like, I could go on forever, but uh, I know you have things to do and you have places to be. Right on, Christian. And thanks just very much. I really, really appreciate your time and thanks for being uh, on the Rad Dad Show.
3: Let's shake hands on air.
0: <laughs> there it is. There we go, man. <laughs> Hope that uh,
3: conversation with that parent goes well today.
2: Yeah. Well, you say hi to Dave Carlos for me.
1: I will. I will. Okay, thanks, Chris. all see, all take Christian. Take care.
2: Bye.
0: Top Maple Leaf all time, Matt Sundin. Oh, I had Sundin or I Gilmore. It's I was going to ask you that or so chuck
3: For me, Sundin, and then it'll be Matthews pretty soon.
0: <laughs> what's gonna what, What's gonna take for Matthews You'll to see. eclipse, <laughs> <You'll> <laughs> to everyone's, eclipse gonna <laughs> everyone's, everyone's gonna see. Everyone's gonna see. see. <laughs> I had to ask this question too to my friend aaron's Like. How he's like? You gotta ask him this. How can you take yourself seriously, Chris, as a parent if you cheer for the Leafs?
3: (laughs) I guess I don't.